1: George Rodriguez
2: Howdy, howdy, howdy once again my friends George Rodriguez, El Conservador talking to you on Saturday April 9th 2022, we've got another packed show for you my friends and things are really really beginning to heat up at the border as well as in Texas as well as in D.C. and even in the Republican Party here in Texas uh, in, uh, in, uh, in, in the strongholds of the Democratic Party uh, in the Hispanic community, um, historically, my friends, historically, the Hispanic community in South Texas has, uh, gosh, I would say almost for the past ninety years since FDR uh, in the '30s has uh, historically voted Democrat for ninety years, almost a hundred. They have historically; it's been a a, a solid Democrat uh, landscape that you see. Uh, in the politics of, uh, of South Texas. Well, my friends, there are some very visible, very open cracks that have, uh, that we can see. Foremost, let me explain to you, foremost this past week, we saw uh, when, uh, on Wednesday when uh, uh, the governor of Texas announced that he was going to take some radical steps, some radical steps to address the issue of the uh, invasion that's coming across. He announced that he was going to uh, start busing uh, illegal aliens to Washington D.C. Currently, uh, an illegal alien will cross the border and uh, either be caught or be, uh, uh, or, or they will declare uh, asylum. They will ask for asylum and they will be processed. Uh, that processing uh, is, uh, it, it varies, but what it amounts to is that they just take their name. And turn them over to a nonprofit organization, a nonprofit organization, uh, which uh, is I call the poverty industry. All they're doing is just picking people up, and uh, and then they're transporting them uh, to the interior. All of them have uh, contracts with the, um, they all have contracts with uh, the federal government, with uh, Health and Human Services, uh, to uh, do to provide aid to all of these illegal aliens. And what it amounts to is that these people are then uh, provided food, they provide shelter, and a ticket to uh, practically wherever they want to go. Some of them don't know where they want to go. I've encountered some of those. But, um, you know, those that know where they want to go, they get a ticket to go. And they are transported. All of them are transported to uh, uh, a, a, new, a a city in Texas whereby they are then transported on to other places. Well, the problem that we've got in Texas is that, uh, you know, after a while you become Saturated. With illegal aliens, and that's the concern of the pres- of the governor. The governor says, "You know, all right, why don't we just send them on someplace else uh, to their destination? In fact, why don't we send them to Washington D.C. to be processed?" And of course, they begin to freak freak out. Jan Sp- Jan Pisaki, the uh, White House uh, Democrat uh, spokesperson, uh, she immediately lashed out on Thursday, saying. You know that uh, it's not the role of, of, of the it's not the the role of the state of Texas to do anything with uh, regards to to uh, immigration uh, that uh, immigration laws are only enforced by the federal government. Well, Jan, why aren't they doing it? Why aren't you doing it? So um, that's that, I mean it, it's incredible. Uh, whether or not how this plays out, my friends, remains to be seen. However, at least something is being done, and it's caught their their attention. All right, so let me tell you who our, our guests are real quick. Um, we've got, uh, first of all, Mayor uh, Mike McLaughlin who from Uvalde, Texas, who is going to talk to us and tell us exactly what um, has been happening in his backyard. Um, we've got two congressmen, Congressman Mike Cloud from the 27th District, which is Corpus Christi, and uh, Congressman Chip Roy here from San Antonio. They'll be giving us their perspective, both of their districts, as well as uh, what is happening with the removal of title 42 and our final guest is jason jones newsmax reporter border reporter and good friend so my friends sit back call your friends tell them to join us please feel free to sh- to share the program remember that the program is pre-recorded you don't call the station and it is sponsored by border hawk news and we want to thank border hawk news for their sponsorship let's go to our first guest Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. And uh, we've got uh, our good friend uh, Mayor Don McLaughlin from um, Uvalde, Texas. Now, the mayor has been on uh, several talk shows, so I feel very, very uh, uh, news shows, should I say, and I feel very, very um, uh, happy that we were able to get him uh, as well. Mayor McLaughlin has been dealing with illegal immigration. This is the second time we've spoken to him. We spoke to him about uh, two years ago and uh, when uh, they were having a crisis, and the crisis has just seemed to have gotten worse. However, it appears that uh, there may be a silver lining. The mayor uh, is going to tell us a little bit about a meeting that uh, was uh, held today on Wednesday, uh, the uh, 6th of April, uh, a, ma- a meeting that was held with the governor of texas greg abbott mayor thank you for taking time to be with us i know how busy you are uh and uh how much of an impact uh, the border crisis is having on your community uh tell us a little bit about this this meeting and uh well tell us ab- what are the, the some of the things that you've been enduring and then tell us about the meeting and if you feel hopeful sure i'll
3: be happy to i mean. Be- one of the things that we've been dealing with, it started about oh, probably 10 days ago, the Border Patrol called us and told us they were going to be uh, releasing uh, migrants, uh, illegal immigrants, migrants, whatever you want to call them, into the again. They were going to take them and drop them off at our local Stripes uh, because they have a, a, a bus stop there. Of course, the bus is full every time it comes there, but they were going to drop them off there. So the county judge and I got together and said, no, that's that's just not going to work. Uh, we'll, and we set up Judge Mitchell and I were able to set up buses uh, through SWART and have buses here so when they dropped them off that we could put right back on a bus. Unfortunately, we had to send them to San Antonio because we don't have the resources here to care for these people. And uh, San Antonio does. You have a lot more resources than we do. And so that started, and uh, they released the first bus, and then they were going to release 105 more. And uh, a news crew showed up with a camera to sit there and watch the release, and they decided not to release although we've been told that that will be changing very shortly and we can probably expect some, some, uh, more releases. And of course, if they do, we'll be ready. But today and fast forward till today, we had a meeting with governor Abbott. We had, uh, I think, the Maverick County was there. Valverde County was there. Zavala County was there. Demet County was there. Frio County was there. LaSalle County was there. Uh, Kenny County was there. Uh, Bandera county was there medina county was there and the governor sat down and visited with us and talked about concerns and so forth and one of our concerns was was, well we have two really one is the is the, the, the pursuits that are still happening in our community where they're coming through our community at a high rate of speed they won't stop for law enforcement they have to chase chase them down to get them to stop and uh which puts our citizens at risk, and, and anybody else that's coming through town at risk that's on the highway. So we addressed that, and we're going to take some steps to correct that. The second thing was, you know, that we were concerned about is if they continue to bring these migrants to Valley and turn them loose of getting them out of here, because they were talking starting to, to bring 100, 120 to 150 a day. Wow. We don't have that many the buses that we have. We can put together about 85 uh, people out of here on buses. They're small buses, but that's what we have at our disposal. So the the, the the great thing that we were told today, the governor will make sure that we have buses here to take them and move them home, whether it be, you know, preferably it would be out of state, not leaving them in Texas. Yep. Uh, so I, that was really good news for us to hear. Uh, I know there's really good news for Eagle Pass and, and, uh, Del Rio to hear because they're getting unindated with these migrants. Uh, the governor also told us that he thinks that you'll, you'll be, he's having a press conference this afternoon in Westlico and he thinks we'll be very pleased with what, uh, is said today at this news conference and then what's coming next week. Uh,
2: now, you, know, now, you know, now, now let me, let me make sure that people understand. What is the population of Uvalde and Uvalde County?
3: Uvalde, Uvalde, is sixteen thousand, sixteen to seventeen thousand. Uvalde County is twenty six thousand.
2: Wow. So I mean, uh, if, if you're bringing in a hundred uh, aliens every day, uh, I mean, it, you could you could double almost in a month. You could double your 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 population. So obviously, you don't have the capacity to take care of them. On the other hand, and let me be very critical about this. Uh, San Antonio has a very, very quiet sanctuary policy, so it'll be very, very interesting to see what they're going to do when when all of these folks start arriving.
3: Well, when they take Title 42 away, you know, all bets are off because you're going to probably see not several hundred a day or 500. You're going to see in the thousands, anywhere from from 2,000 to 5,000 a day because they're talking about a surge at the border of 500,000 and there's caravans already forming, is what we're being told from intelligence, from Border Patrol and different people, that there's another two, two million people massing to start this way, too, in different caravans. So all of a sudden, you're, you're going to be inundated. I mean, you're already seeing it at your airport and so forth. In San Antonio, we've seen the pictures of migrants sleeping on the floor in the airport with uh, full, full blankets that the federal government gave them. And that's just going to be a drop in the bucket to what you're going to see. When Title Forty Two goes away, but the governor assured us today that Texas has a plan to attack that, and that Texas will be making some bold statements and some bold moves in the coming week. Which I felt really confident, and I felt the governor was very sincere today and very concerned about what's going on in the state of Texas.
2: You got it. I, I, you know, it it really is. It's. uh, I mean, we're we're looking at a real crisis that uh, folks really, really don't understand. I mean, it's almost biblical proportions now. Uh, the the car chases because that's something that's very very interesting here in Bear County. Uh, we've had in the past uh, week we've had uh, two uh, car chases and we you know I mean that were reported by the news. Uh, these are the first two that have been publicly reported uh, of uh, of uh, smugglers uh, being chased here in Bear County. Uh, have you? You guys have been suffering through this for a while, haven't you?
3: Oh yeah, we average two or three a day. Oh my God, two or three a day. I mean, it's it's. I mean, we had one this morning. The governor's plane missed it by uh, just a few minutes. and went right by the airport uh, uh, at over a hundred miles an hour.
2: Uh, oh God! Now
3: wouldn't wouldn't stop. Uh, the Colonel McGraw with the DPS was with the governor, and he was aware of it. And said that we're going to be working to to stop that.
2: At it, it that, you know, that is so dangerous. I mean, at that at that rate of speed, you know, hitting a pedestrian or hitting another car. My gosh.
3: Well, we also asked him to, to uh, if there was any way the state could enhance the charges for these human smugglers that are going through, because we're seeing the same smuggler two or three times because there's so much overcrowding everywhere that that smuggler gets released on a PR bond, and guess what? He's back the next week doing it again. We've caught we've caught one now, I think, four times the same person smuggling.
2: Ah, wow that that's outrageous well we do uh here in here in Bear county we've got a uh, a district attorney that's you know that likes to put pe light, bo- light bales on people and uh, we've got repeat offenders you know like going through a turnstile and uh it, it just it just endangers us i mean if we we need to punish the uh anybody who crosses the border illegally that's number one but uh, you know if somebody's helping them we certainly need to punish them.
3: Yeah, we do, and I mean, that, and that, and that's the thing that every one of the things that I think we're all missing here is our rights as citizens of the United States and citizens of Texas are being infringed upon, where these illegal immigrants are given more rights than we have, which that's against the law and the Constitution. That's, that's exactly. what's happening. They have more rights than we do today.
2: That's exactly right. I could not agree with more. Well, th- this news is very, very good, and uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed that uh, that it, it all comes true. And uh, let me thank you for you know for for coming on our show and chatting with us, and uh, and please good luck and and, uh, and be careful down there until you know our our thoughts and prayers are with all your all your residents to be safe down there.
3: Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to let people know what's going on.
2: You got it. Once again, my friends George Rodriguez and Salvador, We've been speaking with Uvalde, Texas Mayor Don McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. dot news. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio. And we've got uh, a guest with us who's been with us before, Congressman Mike Cloud from the 27th District of Texas, which is uh, down on the coast uh, in uh, the Corpus Christi area, as well as uh, other parts along the coast there, the coastal bend. And um, I wanted to get him on here because his uh, district, like many districts in, in Texas, is uh, being affected by the border crisis, and uh, I wanted to um, get his take on uh, the uh, governor's comments yesterday, uh, or on Wednesday, should I say, regarding um, shipping folks to, uh, shipping aliens to, uh, to D.C., as well as uh, taking a very, very strong stand on the, uh, on the, on the crisis. Congressman, thank you very much for taking time to uh, talk to us. Uh, give us your uh, your impression of the um, of uh, the the comments and the uh, the uh, direction that uh, the governor is proposing to do, to go with this border crisis issue.
4: Yeah, well, you know, anyone living in South Texas knows that the what's happening at the border is is uh, it, it, it's it's horrific, you know, and it's it's sad that we continue as a country to allow. Cartels to have this sort of outsized influence along our border to continue to take the uh, advantage of the lives of migrants uh, who traverse through their territory uh, to continue to uh, destabilize Central and South American countries to continue to wreak havoc on our our communities and, and right now the number one killer in our nation is fentanyl you know for young people and uh, and by young I mean not seniors you know so um, and and yet this administration continues to have open border policies and uh, you know texas has carried the burden of this for far too long texans are tired of carrying the burden for far too long and and anything we can do at this point to, to highlight the fact that this truly is a a national responsibility is a responsibility of the federal government to protect and secure our borders um, anything we can do to highlight that is, is, is a good thing the constitution provides uh, states Uh, with all the authority they need. It's uh, Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3, for states that are uh, being invaded, states that are in imminent danger, uh, to be able to act uh, with with robust authority to protect their states and and to secure the communities of the people within that state. And so uh, the state's trying to figure out what we can do, uh, you know, I, like I said, ideally the solution is for the federal government to step up and to fix the problem. Let's clarify what uh, credible fear really means. Let's secure our border. Let's put in the infrastructure. Let's let's give the resources to the boots on the ground that we need to secure it. But uh, when you have an administration who's unwilling to do that, uh, you're only left with tough issues or tough choices as a
2: The, um you know there, there was there's still no talk uh from the administration other than their plan to lift title 42 uh on May 23rd um you know everyone is anticipating that is going to be to to create an absolute havoc uh is that uh, how will it affect uh, in uh, impact on your uh, district
4: uh, yeah our, our district has, has been turned by law enforcement to be they call it the fatal funnel there's a couple major highways that go up through our district to Houston and, and then uh, and, and then beyond into San Antonio and to other major cities. So, you know, they'll kind of come up through our district and then go to these major population centers that end up serving as disbursement centers in a sense for, for the cartels, you know, whether that be drugs, whether that be uh, humans being smuggled and trafficked. And, um, and so a lot of this goes on through our district and, and communities throughout our district, uh, like many communities in Texas, have to deal with the... Uh, crime going up, different things happening in our community. You know, recently we had a known human smuggler. So if you think about what it takes to...
2: Yeah, we've seen um, uh, car chases now reach uh, Bear County, and we're 150 miles away from the uh, from the border. So, yeah, uh, I yeah. mean, if we're having them, I mean, eventually they're going to be all over the place.
4: Along the border, we have a lot of ag community too, and so migrants will stumble into these ag, uh, you know, a, a field that's growing something, and, and they'll relieve themselves in a certain area or whatever, and, and then that's acreage and higher acreage that's lost, you know, while we're looking at a, a potential food shortage in a year or two. So there's, you know, and I bring it up as one of many outsized uh, impacts that this has that people don't, you know, think about. There's communities along the border now where our border security apparatus is so overwhelmed. There's nobody to meet them and to apprehend them at the border. And so literally they are walking around the streets trying to find, like, the border patrol station so that they can come in and, and give their false... Uh, Their false asylum claims, um, and uh, as you know, and, and the thing people remember, a lot of times what happens is cartels coach these people to come. They know exactly what they're supposed to say to, you know, skirt the legal line of whatever, and and, and they'll claim what's called credible fear. We know that you know. of the people who claim credible fear, over 9% of of those cases, uh, are are dropped as having no merits. Uh, And so that's not what the asylum uh, laws were put in place for. Uh, They're really meant for people under political persecution and those sort of things. Um, And and the cartels are completely taking advantage of it, profiting hundreds of millions of dollars, and and, uh, again, having such an outsized impact. And and they're starting to, you know, when we think of like Mexico, and, you know, we all understand there's portions of Mexico, maybe little towns too where the cartels are kind of like the local government.
2: and we haven't even touched on the issue of, of uh, the impact on, on uh, migrant children and how many have have suffered because they're used used as a tool to to cross the border
4: to have a safe and secure uh, country uh, if we want to protect the lives of these people that they're taking advantage of. Um, And and when people, when we we put a flag out there that basically says, uh, if you want to come to our country, the way to do it isn't to sign up through our legal process. The way to do it is to contact a cartel uh, that's the wrong message. And then when you're putting policies from this White House, when you're putting policies in place where where that make the cartels kind of salivate at the mouth, oh, okay, well, great. You know, when the cartels are excited about what you're putting in because they're looking at their profit margins going up and everything, it, it's probably the wrong policy. Um, and you know, so we, we need a complete reverse course of action on this. You got it.
2: Congressman, thank you so much for taking time to be with us. Uh, we've got to get you back on because I know um, – You've got a uh, your, your district is, and yourself are very involved in the energy crisis, and, uh, which yes. seems to be getting yes. worse constantly. So uh, we'll try to yeah, set a something lot of, up.
4: There's a lot of things we can solve geopolitically, too, with the right approach to energy, too. I'd love to come back and talk with you about that.
2: Oh, I'd love to. Once again, my friends, we've been speaking with uh, our good friend Congressman Mike Cloud from 27th District of Texas. Congressman, you stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. God bless. Thank you. Once again, George Rodriguez on KLUP, El Conservador. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. And we've got uh, our good friend, uh, Congressman Chip Roy from the 21st District. And uh, I wanted to get him on because, uh, folks, we're on the verge of watching this uh, illegal immigration tsunami get even worse, and uh, he's had some, uh, some things to say. So, Congressman, welcome to the show. This situation of removing Title 42, uh, and, while at the same time requesting funds uh, or redirecting funds for covid it doesn't make sense to me, but uh, can you tell us your thoughts on uh, what's going to transpire or is transpiring from your point of view?
3: Sure,
1: George. Good to be on, as always. I mean, first of all, your listeners are better educated than most on what's going on at the border, uh, and they, they know, but I'll, for clarification purposes, be very clear, Title 42 is a health code provision that enables uh, the, the Department of Homeland Security in conjunction with CDC To turn away people on the basis of communicable diseases. Now, that existed long before COVID, right? And it exists there for any reason that's important to make sure we're protecting the health and well-being of the United States. So President Trump wisely, his administration, and Mark Morgan, the former head of CBP, was instrumental in doing this, wisely, uh, you know, Made that a priority in the last year of the Trump administration to try to turn away the massive numbers, and it worked. Right, we drove down apprehensions to about 450 thousand in fiscal year 2020. Now it should be lower than that, but that was the right direction, right? Well, now what? What do we have last year? Two million. Um, the, uh, we had 700 thousand people released. million apprehensions those aren't unique individuals but you know probably 700,000 to a million people that were turned away were turned away under Title 42 now fast forward to March of this year 217,000 apprehensions over half of whom were turned away under Title 42 so come May 23rd the administration according to Secretary Mayorkas intends to turn off enforcement of Title 42 but what that means is they're turning off all enforcement at the border and then anybody who comes to the border and claims asylum which is virtually everybody now because the word is out around the world uh, they get released into the United States now to put that in perspective we have now 8,000 people a day coming and being apprehended at our border now that's not counting gotaways which is another significant number of well over a thousand a day so what you now have is the reality that we could have upwards of 10,000-plus people a day coming once they turn off Title 42, all of whom are being released into the United States, which could mean well over 2 to 3 million people, depending on how the numbers sustain. It's unacceptable. The Secretary of Homeland Security is hiding behind the CDC, saying it's her call. Uh, it is technically true that the CDC director can say when it when there's such a public health situation. but it But under the Trump administration... The Homeland Security Director worked with CDC to say this is a tool we need in this environment. Let's keep it and let's use it. They have no interest in enforcing the laws.
2: We watched um, the uh, Secretary, um, the Health and Human Services Secretary, I think it is, Becerra, defend the, um, uh, the removal of Title 42, claiming that it, that health issues should not be used for enforcement, uh, for immigration law enforcement uh, How the heck then do you protect uh, The citizens of, of uh, the United States From communicable diseases coming from abroad?
1: The fact of the matter is Title 42 is relevant because of all of the communicable diseases uh, Flu, uh, scabies, lice, tuberculosis They go down the list of things If you ask Border Patrol They deal with on a daily, regular basis We would be well in our uh, right, and we should use Title 42 to do that, but frankly, also, just because you can't. I mean, that's the reality. Uh, What we have here is asylum laws being abused by people claiming asylum. An administration that refuses to tighten down catch and release, refuses to use the protection protocols and return to Mexico. Therefore, all you're left with is Title 42 if you don't do those things, and now they're going to refuse to use that. This isn't about law. This isn't about what they're, in fact, they are purposely violating the law, the Secure Offense Act. They're purposely ignoring court order, migrant protection protocols. They're purposely not using Title 42, which they could use, and in so doing, endangering American people, causing fentanyl to flow into our schools and our communities, causing cartels to get empowered, causing migrants to get raped and abused on the journey, causing ranchers to lose their livestock and offenses get cut, causing cities to get overrun with numbers, that uh, swell and use their uh, resources and their hospitals. Uh, and I could go on and on. Um, it's unacceptable. We met with Secretary Mayorkas this morning. It was an off-the-record conversation. I like to have some honor in this town, so I'm not going to disclose the off-the-record conversation, other than to say something I think is appropriate to say, which is that there is literally no seriousness of resolve uh, by this secretary or this administration to enforce the laws that. United States fully in order to turn the tide, change the trajectory of this flow. They want the flow. They have no interest in minimizing the flow. And uh as a result, uh Texas is taking it on the chin.
2: Yeah, it it really is. I mean we uh I mean when I would travel to the border area, I would see uh I, I would see car chases and I would see tons of folks walking around waiting to uh be transported to other places. Now, downtown San Antonio's air, uh, uh, bus station is just chop full of folks being transported to other places. Plus, the past week has seen two uh, car chases here in Bear County, uh, including right here in our in in, in your district. Has, has seen one. Uh, you know, the whole all of the problems of the border. Uh, are moving north and uh, they are going to get worse but it doesn't seem to to, uh, there doesn't seem to be a response by uh, uh, politicians from the other party
1: well look the other party has no interest in securing the border right now we are trying to run a discharge petition on the floor of the House of Representatives and what that means for your listeners the speaker controls the floor that means the speaker decides what bills and legislation uh, we can hear. But we have one mechanism to wrestle control away from the speaker, and that's a discharge. You take a bill, you file a discharge petition, you get 218 signatures, and lo and behold, they got to call it up for a vote. But we have 210 signatures on a discharge petition. We're missing one Republican, and that is Adam Kinzinger, so insert your joke there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and so, uh, but we have zero Democrats. Now, with all due respect, Henry Cuellar, my friend. I have a a lot of respect for Henry. But Henry hasn't signed the discharge petition. I've got Democrat colleagues I've introduced bills with, uh, Dean Phillips from Minnesota, uh, um, uh, uh, Abigail Spanberger from Virginia, others who uh, refused to sign the discharge petition. And I think the media uh, needs to be asking them why. And we know why, because it's political. It's a politically charged issue. I would note that you now have four... Democratic senators, four, who have publicly come out against the termination of Title 42. You have John Tester from Montana. You have um, uh, Joe Manchin from West Virginia. You have Kirsten Cinema from Arizona and Mark Kelly, who is running for election. So that should tell you something. But the House of Representatives so beholden to the radical left, they currently refuse to uh, sign the discharge petition.
2: Amazing. Congressman, we'll let you go, but uh, before we let you go, anything else that you'd like to add before
1: No, the only thing I would say is is that it is incumbent upon Texans now to be loud about what this is doing to our state. And while I applaud the great efforts of many of our DPS to support Border Patrol in the absence of any real support from the administration, while I agree with Governor Abbott about trying to take some of the fence pieces and whatnot and, and try to build infrastructure, a true fence as well as a razor wire fence and obstacles. And while it's fine to go prosecute some of these criminal trespasses, I think Texas has to take a much bigger stand, a bold message, uh, to declare that this is an invasion under the Constitution, treat it as such, Uh, stand up Texas resources to reject and turn away people at the border ourselves, and draw a conflict with the federal government, create that conflict and get to court, fight it out, Uh, force them to say that they're going to do something about our law enforcement securing the border. And if nobody's going to do anything about it, then threaten or actually do things like shut down I-35 or anything else to force the fight. These are the kinds of things that we need to be talking about because it is so bad for Texas ranchers, so bad for Texas towns and cities across the state, and it's time to draw attention to what's happening to our communities, in my opinion.
2: I couldn't agree more, my friend. I could not agree more. Thank you very much for taking time on your busy schedule to talk with us. I appreciate it tremendously.
1: Always, George, and uh, really appreciate everything you do to get the message out about the border and other issues. Thank you, my friend.
2: You got it. Once again, my friends, we've had uh, we've been speaking with our good friend Congressman Chip Roy from 21st District of Texas. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. And uh, we've got our good friend, uh, Mr. Jason Jones from Newsmax, reporter from Newsmax, as well as uh, expert on border crime and uh, former DPS uh, official, and uh, Texas DPS official. And uh, he's been down on the border, my friends, the past week. Uh, In fact, the past weekend, uh, getting some great videos for us. I wanted him to come on and um, give us an update as um, we get closer to this date that the Biden administration has set to remove Title 42, which is um, by all, uh, all estimates going to cost or uh, going to cause a uh, an absolute tsunami of uh, people coming across the border. Jason, welcome to the show. Uh, talk to us. Tell us what's going on. Tell us what you saw. Uh, And give us some some, uh, numbers.
0: You got it. George, as always, it's good to be with you, buddy. It was a really eye opening uh, week. Last week, I I spent the week down in Stark County, um, which is in South Texas. And what, what you're basically seeing is every evening, starting around 9 p.m., is just this wave of people that cross. Most of them are from Cuba, from Nicaragua, and from Venezuela which really surprised me. I mean, it's a tectonic shift from some of the things we've seen uh, historically in that area. You know, usually they're Mexican citizens, Guatemalans and Hondurans. In one bend in the river there in Stark County, uh night before last, they had 150 Nicaraguan. So when you think of your border, don't think of it as a U.S.-Mexico issue anymore, because it's truly not. I mean, the world is coming. You know, you've been hearing me say that for some time, but I am seeing it day in, day out. And I sent you quite a few videos from the scene. So kind of put us in perspective here where we are for the first six months of fiscal year 22. We are now sitting over a million apprehensions. I want to say that again. We are over a million apprehensions in fiscal year 22. Now, the reason that's significant is because we are far exceeded what we were uh, at this time last year. Usually, the winter months are the slowest months, and yet these numbers have just been unbelievable. From October to February, U.S. Customs and Border Protection apprehended 838,000 people, and yesterday, I broke the story nationwide of what the March numbers are, and they are a massive increase. So, for March of 2022, we now sit at 217,170 apprehensions.
2: Okay, give us that number one one more time. 217,000?
0: That's right, 170. And last month, just to kind of give let your listeners know what an increase that is, we were at 164,973. So it's a massive increase. Now, I mean, these numbers That's are like... Twice nothing. twice as much. Big.
2: It's almost twice as much,
0: yeah. And buddy, this is nothing we have ever seen before. You know, last year in the worst border crisis, it doesn't even compare to where we are right now. So, you know, we're seeing things we've never seen before. And and let me give you another good example. Okay,
2: let's make sure again. I mean, these these are astronomical numbers. Uh, Once again, if 200,000 people are crossing the border uh, in a month, that means that in five months, we're going to have a million having crossed,
0: correct? We are We are already at a one million right now. So we are, another, another we are, million we won't hurt us. Are, <laughs> we, are, yeah, yeah, we, are, we are over a million apprehensions in fiscal year 22, starting in October, because that's when the government's uh, year starts. And they start their numbers from October, November, December, January, February, March. So... That's where we are. And in, in, in those six months, we are over a million apprehensions.
2: Incredible. It's incredible to me. Uh, it it right. really it's is. Incredible. It's outrageous. And uh, are people uh, aware of uh, the Title 42 being uh, lifted?
0: I, know, I think that there is some awareness to it, depending upon which news agencies you watch. You know, that's the problem. Uh, so let, let me talk about Title 42 and what it is, what it means, and how it impacts us. Because the media has a lot of confusion on it. Title 42 is the COVID restriction that allowed for rapid deportations under the CDC authority due to COVID occurring, right? Uh, President Trump implemented in February of 2020. And since that time, uh, President Biden has kept it in uh, place and is now set to remove it in May. Well, what happened is it has been responsible for the rapid deportation of 1.2 million people since February of 2020. So it has helped tremendously as we've had these waves of people crossing. So the word went out because it was set to expire March 31st. It should have expired, but the federal government was late in activating FEMA to get down to that border to be able to help with the processing when they get rid of 42 to go to what they call Title 8. Basically what Title 8 is is once Title 42 ends, by law they're required to go back to Title 8, well, Title Eight is the normal processing method, which means you're going to have these massive lines of people wrapped around the stations down there trying to get processed into the United States. So they don't have enough personnel. That's going to be bad on optics.
2: Now, again, those, so they, those, those are the people. It. Those are the people that are going to want to be processed. Those are the people that are going to. That's correct. Halfway that's be correct. honest, that they're coming in and declaring asylum, or. or declaring that they're visiting or, or something, something, when in reality they have no intention of ever leaving the United States again. So those are the ones that are halfway honest that are going to uh, present themselves. There's a bunch of them that are not presenting themselves that are going around this whole process, right?
0: That, that's true, too, but you have to remember, so once Title 42 ends, most are going to be allowed to stay. The only ones that are really going to be limited in staying are going to be Mexican citizens. Wow. Yeah, I, I think that's what a lot of Americans don't realize. So you're going to be able to claim credible fear and asylum because we're seeing people from countries we've never seen before. We're seeing people from all over the world, you know, historically, you know, it's all, uh, where Mexican citizens are deported or central Americans. Now we're seeing that rapid change of that. So you, I'll, I'll give you another example. Uh, a lot of folks are not aware. We've encountered 13,808 Russians in the first five months, 13,000 Russians. Oh my that's gosh. right, and now that, listen. That's that's not a perception of feeling. Go to the CBP website; you can see it for yourself. The data I'm giving you is all from CBP, except for the March numbers because they haven't posted them yet, and they'll do that in very shortly. But let me give you the gotaways as well, because while we may be having counter 217,000, they know that 66,952 gotaways. Wow, that's just what they claim. Never mind the ones we don't know, and they found 41 deceased uh, in the month of March. So, you know, while we have focused as a nation on Ukraine, I get it. I understand why no doubt Uh, the bottom line is we took our eye off what was happening in Mexico. And now as that eye shifts back. The American people are going to realize that they thought the border problem was bad last year. It doesn't even compare to where we are. And I truly, truly mean that.
2: Now let me ask you, okay, while we're talking about, about, uh, people coming across illegal aliens, what about the fentanyl?
0: So here's how that works. This is why when you're on the ground and you're seeing these families turning themselves into Border Patrol, what happens is between the ports of entry, there is no officers available because you've got to get these families, especially these young children. You know, I saw them, the, the youngest one I saw this week was five months old, being carried by a, a young mom, barefooted. Many of these folks had no shoes on, nothing because as they cross the river, they, they had lost them because the cartels not even uh, rafting them across anymore. The, the water is low so they can just walk across and that's what they're making them do. So what happens is Border Patrol cannot leave them in these environments very long. You have to realize it's, it's it's either cold, it's hot, everything's got a thorn, everything bites. You got fire ants out right now. They're, they're everywhere down there. So you've got to process these people very rapidly. So they use all of their resources and the cartel knows that. And they do it by design. And so between the ports of entry, we're going to see more and more fentanyl, more and more methamphetamine and more drugs pushed and no one available to respond to even stop it. And so you hear me talk about, you know, we've gone from a national security model to a migrant care model. There is no doubt we are 100 percent in a processing only model now. There is nothing left when you think of Border Patrol when it comes to holding the line truly having some kind of a national security uh, presence there. Incredible. It is not that they, they respond specifically to process as quickly as possible so no one's dying out there in those environments.
2: Outrageous. Buddy, we've got to let you go, but uh, here in closing, tell the folks where they can follow you, how they can follow your reports, and how quickly we can get you back on again, but tell the folks where they can follow you.
0: Sure, you can find me at tripwiresandtriggers.com dot com or on Newsmax. I'm reporting almost every single day on what we're seeing down there. We're breaking stories, trying to get the word out. And what you need to know is that if you think it's bad right now, that look, I'm not a negative man, if I shoot you straight. As the summer months hit us, the numbers will climb, and this is not the highest you're going to see. It's going to get worse before it gets better. So, uh, but that's where you can find us, and we'll keep getting it out to the
2: folks. Well, we're probably we'll get you on or again real real soon here, buddy. Thank you once again. We've been speaking with our good friend, Mr. Jason Jones from Newsmax and former DPS official. Jason, stay um, stay safe.
0: You too, George. Always good to be with you. Thanks
2: you for having it. me. George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Once again, my friends, thank you for joining us today on this beautiful Saturday, April 9th, uh, 2022. Thank you for being with us. Um, I also want to thank our guests, uh, Mayor Mike McLaughlin from... Uh, uvalley texas uh u.s congressman mike mcleod from the 27th district uh here in texas uh u.s congressman um, chip roy very good friend of mine i i love that man um from the uh, 21st district here in texas and my very very good buddy jason jones from newsmax uh the border reporter bar none <laughs> as far as crime goes. Uh, I, I want to thank these folks for, for joining us today and providing uh, the information that they have uh, regarding this in, insanity that is going on at, at our border. Uh, you know, it, it, uh, again, I've got to reiter- reiterate, my friends, that uh, so many people are, are being uh, denied this information across the country because the news media is complicit in this invasion. They are ignoring it. They are downplaying it. Uh, We are looking at Ukrainian refugees. We're looking at at Afghanistan, Afghani refugees. We're looking at at all sorts of refugees from all over the world, but completely ignoring the illegal aliens that continue to cross in the thousands daily into our country, my friends. There is an estimate that 18,000 are going to be crossing every day uh when they start when they lift title 42 my friends it is it is dangerous for our nation you know the hypocrisy the absolute hypocrisy of um of Schumer of Senator Schumer the democrat from uh uh where is he from from new york the other day uh upset that uh, the republicans were not supporting uh 10 billion dollars for covid because Covid is killing Americans, and Covid is spreading, and Covid this, Covid that. While at the same time, they are going to lift the Covid restrictions at the border. I mean, the absolute hypocrisy of these people is is dumbfounding. We've got folks, uh, a a a group of politicians, my friends, that's not only antagonistic towards conservatism and the right it's it's antagonistic towards America you know if you know I've seen these signs all the time about stop the war on this stop the war how about Democrats stop the war on America how about they stop the war on American energy they stop the war on on, on American immigration laws they stop the war on the police they stop the war on uh, on boys and girls. They stop the war on racial equality by pushing their 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 racial vengeance. How about we do that, my friends it, it it's we We have got to stand back come the elections we've got to stand up and push back that's what we need to do once again. my friends, thank you for joining us. I want to thank Border Hawk News, our sponsor. They are so good to us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I, uh, I want to thank uh, uh, all of our listeners and supporters. Please, please, please feel free to share this program. Tell the people about it. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador in San Antonio. Thank you very much for joining us today. Be with us again next week.